0: Did you know QR codes were invented in 1994? It's true. Denso Wave is a Japanese company, a subsidiary of Toyota, and they needed a more accurate way of tracking vehicles and parts during the manufacturing process. So the system used a sort of barcode. Of course, we're all now familiar with what those barcodes look like, but back then it allowed managers in the stock room and also on the assembly line floor to see exactly where their inventory was going. So we've had this technology for more than 25 years, and yet it took a global pandemic to drive the kind of widespread adoption we now have. So on today's episode, I want to talk about how restaurants are using QR codes today, how we might be able to use them in the future. And then finally, I want to introduce you to a sister technology called NFC, a technology that I believe is going to change our world in the next 24 months. All on today's episode. Stick around. There's an old saying goes something like this you'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly podcast all about helping chefs and operators build more profitable restaurants. Each week we toggle back and forth between a monologue style format and an interview, but the goal is always the same, to take complicated concepts and make them both understandable and actionable. Why? Because like I always say, information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now. This week's episode is sponsored by Virtual Restaurant Group, VRG. They offer innovative, turnkey, delivery-only brands that you're able to easily operate out of your existing restaurant with very little disruption to your current operation. So, we're talking ghost kitchens, right? A restaurant that would only be visible on third-party delivery sites as a way of driving additional revenue using the infrastructure you've already got. So by adding virtual brands into your current business model, you're able to diversify your revenue streams and generate more revenue. You already have the kitchen, the staff, the space. Why not maximize that square footage by adding additional brands to help increase your bottom line? Best of all, VRG handles everything on the back end. They provide Cubo technology totally free. The very architecture of this software allows you to turn on as many brands as you want, list those brands on as many partner sites as you want, and field all of the orders through one singular tablet and printer. You're not locked into any long contracts. It's 100% free to start. VRG's flagship brand, Midnight Munchies, was one of LA's very first ghost kitchen concepts and generated up to $30,000 a month just in online ordering revenue. Onboarding is super easy with, with recipe guides and step-by-step training for you and your staff. Visit virtualrestaurantgroup.com CHIP and use the promo code CHIP2021. That's C-H-I-P 2021 to get started as always that link is in the show notes. Now, last Saturday my family and I spent the day out and about. We had to get out of the house. We went and we got haircuts and we were running errands. We did a bit of food shopping and uh, we were out all day and so we actually dined out for all three of our meals, breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I want to share my experience with you and then use that Uh, to make a broader point about how i think we're using technology in our restaurants successfully and unsuccessfully specifically i want to talk about qr codes and something called nfc technology now we got up we got out we went and got haircuts and we were hungry at that point before we were going from new york city out to long island we decided to stop at mcdonald's now we very rarely dine at McDonald's, uh, but we did on this particular day. Uh, we ordered on the app. They've made it super easy to order, to pay. You go to the drive through window. They they wave you right along. You go up uh, to the register, to the window, and they just hand you your food. It could not have been simpler. Uh, the experience of going to McDonald's is already pretty efficient, especially with the new kiosks. Uh, you know they, They've optimized everything um, uh, so that to keep it moving, to keep it efficient, uh, this was even more efficient We were in and out in about I don't know, 45 seconds, and that's including winding through the drive through uh, through the drive-through aisle. Uh, we got our food. We headed out to Long Island, and we ran a bunch of errands. We had to do some shopping. Uh, it was like early afternoon uh, when we realized, like, hey, it's going to be like an hour to get back into the city. Maybe we should just get lunch out here. So there's a Mighty Quinns out there near the mall where we were in Long Island. Mighty Quinns uh, is a barbecue brand. Uh, they started here in the East Village. Uh, I actually had Misha uh, on the show, uh, I don't know, several months back, uh, talking about their Expansion into Ghost Kitchens, uh, their collaboration with Otto's Tacos, and how they were bringing that under their umbrella. It was a really great conversation. Uh, if you if you haven't listened to it, uh, definitely worth the time. Uh, but Mighty Quinn's is this great barbecue place, and we went out there. We parked our car, we went in, uh, and they had all of the QR codes set up on the table. They were doing uh, table ordering, right? Order and pay. So. Here's the interesting thing is they had a bartender and they had what I'm imagining is like a manager, like a floor manager overseeing, but no waiters, right? So the interesting thing is that they uh, they made it really frictionless to scan the QR code and then type in your table number. It was right there. There was a, a, a unique QR code and a unique table number at every single table so you knew. I scanned it and I was at table 13 so I rang it in. Uh, and then the server was there to, to help us get drinks if we, as we were getting settled which is great from an operator standpoint because it was helping to drive revenue at a time when we were just sitting there deciding about our food. He said let me, let me go ahead and get you some drinks. So he got us water, got us some club sodas, got a couple of beers and we could sit there and sip while we were figuring out what we wanted to eat and while we were plugging in our order. So We did that. We ordered. We paid. And they said, great, it'll be up in like 20 minutes. It ended up coming much faster than that, but um, I'm assuming it just prompted you to say "It'll, it'll be like 20 minutes. And then we uh, ordered again uh, with the bartender or the manager. I don't know who he was. Uh, he asked my wife, you know, because I had decided on a beer. My wife was still considering, uh, and so he she ordered with him. So we had ordered all our food on the QR code via the you know the order and pay. So ordered all of our food, paid for all of our food, and they basically had a tab running for our drinks, uh, which was great. So yeah, I had to pay twice, right? I had to pay for my food, and then later at the end of the meal, I had to pay for uh, the drinks we had consumed. But Who cares, it was totally frictionless. The interesting thing about this is that they could run with much fewer staff. I spent much more money than I would have because we said we were just gonna do a light meal. We didn't, we ended up over-ordering because the stuff looks so good. They've got pictures there right next to all the items. So we we over-ordered and okay, fine, we'll bring uh, bring some stuff home uh, for, you know, we'll take some stuff home for tomorrow. Fine, no problem. and that the server was there to uh, get us what we needed when we needed something. Uh, if we didn't see him, we could have just ordered on the, use the QR code uh, to order. Um, and then, yeah, we had to pay at the end. It was the only clumsy part about it is that we had a tab open, so we had, to, we had to pay there. But otherwise, it was totally seamless. And what they did is they managed to remove some of the service steps, right? So there's no waiter there explaining the menu. There was no waiter uh, taking our order. There's no uh, waiter bringing our food. Um, but what they did is they maintained the hospitality, that there was still a presence there uh, for anything we needed, right? So that was my my second meal of the day, right? We did our breakfast at McDonald's, our lunch at Mighty Quinn's. We went home, we dropped all of our stuff. We, we kind of got changed and, and then went back out for dinner, surprisingly enough. So we went to a restaurant uh, that we actually love. It's called Maison Yaki. Uh, it's the sister restaurant to Olmstead, which I speak about pretty frequently here on the show. Uh, but it's up in Prospect Heights. It's literally right across the street from Olmstead. And so we decided, decided to go there for dinner. It's like a, like a French-inspired yakitori restaurant. So everything's served on skewers and all of that. And they were very, very busy. We had a table out back in the patio because it was a nice night. And so we booked a table using Resi. We confirmed using the, you know, the Resi's text feature where you're, you know, texting back and forth with the maitre d'. But here's the thing we were running late because there was all these streets that were closed down and so we couldn't find you know we couldn't navigate through all the streets and we had trouble finding parking so we were trying to call them to let them know that we were running a little bit late and nobody was picking up the phone it would just uh, it would just go right to voicemail the voicemail box was full so there was nobody to contact meanwhile uh, there was nowhere to text there was no way to get in touch and they said you know we hold your table for 15 minutes beyond that it might be given away and we wanted to let them know hey we were going to be cutting it really close to that 15 minute mark but we were in fact coming we were really excited to be joining them and nothing 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 so instead of getting frustrated i just thought okay well that's on them so we we show up literally 15 minutes late right on the dot and i told them right when we walked in she's like oh you're checking in for a reservation i said yeah i said i gotta tell you i'm sorry i'm running late i tried to get in contact with you a couple of times and there was there was no answer and she said oh yeah we, we don't have a we don't have a reservationist on the on the busy nights sorry and I was like, well, that, that's pretty inhospitable. I just I wanted to just let you know. I was trying to, to, be, uh, to be hospitable. I was trying to do the right thing and let you know that we were running late, and I'm so sorry, and that we were uh, looking forward to joining, but whatever. Okay, fine. So they took us back to the table. Now, what's really interesting is that the previous two experiences, McDonald's and Mighty Quins, uh, they both utilized QR codes in one in one fashion or another, or digital ordering in one fashion or the other. And this place did not, absolutely not. They were still paper menus. They were still regular server service. Right? They were there to greet us, get us water, ask us what we want to take our order, plug the order in, all of that. It was it was quote unquote a normal service style and I gotta say of the three experiences this is the one that was really lacking so uh, the food the food was good pretty much across the board uh, but the service was was really uh, was really substandard um, and it was frustrating because there were times when like you know they came and brought us water and I said oh actually can we instead of tap can we do sparkling water and she said oh, okay sure and obviously this was outside of the norm but it took like five or ten minutes for us to get sparkling water like like like, what was the holdup? And then we ordered wine, and we wanted to order another glass of wine, and we couldn't find our server anywhere. And I found myself wishing that there was a QR code so I could just order my glass of wine. Uh, and then I had to flag down my server, and you know, she seemed bothered that she had to come over, but I just wanted to get another glass of wine. Um, we had plates kind of piling up. Uh, because the way that uh, food works there is that you order a bunch of small plates. It just kind of comes out in its own order, and you just kind of enjoy it as it comes. Everything, everything doesn't land together. But uh, what happens is that uh, you end up getting all these like empty dishes because something comes. It's a you know a couple skewers of food. You eat it, and then you're done with it. Uh, and so we had all these empty plates sitting there, and I just thought there are all these people, right? They still have runners and bussers and servers, and there's a manager running around, and yet nobody was looking at table uh, table maintenance. Now, that's not uh, that's not a referendum on technology or this traditional quote unquote traditional service style i think that's a referendum on their ability to execute and i know and i know everybody's short-staffed and i know that we're supposed to be patient with restaurants and i get that and i am been in the industry for a long time but i gotta say uh i'm not paying any less than i normally would if i was paying 20 percent less because the service was going to be 20 you know less than it normally was or the experience is going to be you know less than uh than i was uh you know typically accustomed to I'd say okay fine but no we're still paying more Uh, we're still paying the regular amount and in fact I think we're actually paying more because food costs are up and all of that so why I can look the other way and I, I can have a little bit of patience but it was like one thing after another after another after another and finally we had to go and it was hard to get our server for her to bring the check and then we were had to leave you know put a card in and they had to take it away and I just thought This is clumsy, right? This is one of those restaurants, and I talk about this a lot on the show, is that, you know, uh, table ordering, uh, using technology to replace the waiter per se, isn't right for every restaurant. I I certainly, I know that. It's not right for every restaurant. I'm I'm not suggesting it is. But for many restaurants out there, it is appropriate. And I will say, for this particular restaurant, it's, you know, upscale food. Like, it's good, really quality food, but it's a casual atmosphere. It's laid back, and I think, I think this is the kind of place that's right on the border and i think they actually could have uh could have done well could have um could have benefited from having some sort of digital component i certainly would have utilized it numerous times to order another uh, bottle of water to order another glass of wine um you know to ring for service to ask people to clear some dishes to have just paid the check when i was ready to go so we could leave so of the three experiences on saturday the one with the quote unquote normal service the traditional uh waiter service was the one that was the most lacking, and I couldn't help but think that it could have been improved by injecting some technology. Technology, whether you acknowledge this or not, is here to enable our teams. It can do that. It can improve the guest experience. And yes, we have to use it the right way, but it is here should we use it. It was infuriating that I couldn't get in touch with anyone at the restaurant for dinner, infuriating that I couldn't find my server to order another glass of wine or to just get my check so I could leave, right? Most phones these days though, have a QR scanner embedded in the camera. You simply open up your camera, you scan the code, a push notification pops up, you click that and it takes you wherever you want it to take the guest. So to a website, to to an app download, whatever. It's pretty straightforward, it is an easy way to take people where you want them to go. And most importantly, it removes the friction of having to type in, let's say a URL code, right? A a web address, and that's the key to good marketing. Identifying people who want the product and then getting them to become customers as, as easily, as simply, as frictionless as possible. Now, I told the story a few weeks ago about using the QR code at Shake Shack. I'll remind you, right? It saved me time and made for a better experience. Uh, I guess about two months ago, I went to meet friends uh Friends of mine at the, the park, at Madison Square Park, we said, oh, let, let's go and we'll get some food and we'll have a picnic. Uh, those of you who uh, who know, the original Shake Shack is right in the middle of the park, right in the middle of Madison Square Park uh, at 23rd and 5th Avenue. So I said, we're going to go to Shake Shack. Now, it doesn't matter what time of day, what day of the week, Shake Shack pretty much always has a 30 to 40 minute line. It doesn't matter. It's There's always a line. And we got in line and I looked up and I saw a big sandwich board with a QR code and I said, I bet you that QR code is going to take me to either download the app or take me to the website so I can order food. Sure enough, it did. It took me to the app download. I downloaded the app, ordered my food, got my food, and was sitting down within 11 minutes. I would have been in line for more than 40 minutes, I promise you. So it made for a better guest experience. And I wonder, right, like when you get up to the counter, when you get up to the window to place your order, that's not a better experience. That It's offering no, uh, nothing additional uh, it's just it's just transactional. This is what I want okay let me let me get what you want take the payment and go. I can do all that from the computer. computer can do it uh, better more efficiently as was evidenced uh, by me uh, jumping out of line and, and having my food enjoying my food within uh, eleven minutes. So when it comes to fast food, faster really does equal better, right? Why, why wait in line for forty minutes when I can simply scan the QR code, download the app? order and pay right there, and again, be enjoying your food that much faster. So let's get into this, because I've talked to a lot of operators over the past several weeks, because I wanted to know how things were going. Really, I was curious about how they were handling menus and, and and table ordering, especially during this staffing crunch. And what I found was three different answers. Almost exclusively, I got one of three answers. Number one, the pandemic fundamentally shifted their business model, and now they were exclusively doing table ordering, meaning guests are seated, they scan a QR code, they then order and pay for everything right there on their phone. It is working, it's allowed them to build a more profitable, more efficient restaurant. More on that later. Number two, the number two answer I got. They did a bit of kiosk ordering and table ordering during the pandemic, but now they're finding that their guests really like having a waiter. So they still use the QR codes for people to access the menu, right? So no more paper menus, but otherwise, Waiters are back and they're operating in much the same way they did pre-pandemic. And then number three, finally, they've done away with all the technology that they discovered during the pandemic and are now operating the exact same way they did pre-pandemic. Now, let me start by saying, if it is working for you, then great. This is a very difficult time and I know everyone is trying to keep their heads above water, but technology only moves in one direction. The adoption curve might be slower or faster in certain industries, but there's anything we've learned. It's that that technology moves in one direction and that is forward. So I want you to go forward armed with that understanding. If you think all this stuff is just going to go away, you are wrong. In fact, there's more coming. Restaurants are going to (laughs) fundamentally shift over the next two years. I promise you, you can be part of it or you can be left in the dust. Remember, Razor-thin profit margins, you know this, I know this, they aren't sustainable. The stress that comes from living week to week in a restaurant that survives on razor-thin profit margins is not sustainable. More than that, as technology creeps into our industry, it will change the economics of running a restaurant, meaning if an operator discovers a way to run with less staff, they're going to boost their profitability. So, right now, let's say you operate at 30% labor cost, right? So, you do 30% labor, 30% for food, 20% for alcohol, and let's say 10% for overhead like rent and utilities. That's roughly a 10% profit margin. But what if someone figures out how to run at 15% labor, right? So, cutting the labor in half simply by using some of these new technologies. That means instead of 10% profit, that operator is looking at something closer to 25%. For example, the barbecue restaurant the other day, Mighty Quinn's, instead of having a manager, a bartender, three servers, a busser, they've got a manager doing everything, or a manager and a bartender, greeting tables, making drinks, helping with the ordering process, clearing tables, and that is all they need. So my first question to you is this, if there was a way to increase profitability from five to 10% to something like 20 to 25%, Why wouldn't you pursue it? Second question, what do you think is going to happen when big companies see that there's real money to be made in this industry? If they know that they can count on 20 to 25% profit margin, you will find, I am promising you, a bunch of companies flooding the space in the next couple of years. And then you're going to be forced to do it anyway because patrons are going to get used to it and they're going to come to expect it. This is what always happens in every market, in every industry. If there's money to be made, the competition will come. And I think the reason that big companies stay away is because the risk is so high, and if they knew there was money to be made, reliable money, they would come. So you, right now, you've already done the hard work of building a business, of cultivating a following. Now, simply follow through and make sure that the process is as frictionless and as good as it possibly can be for the guest. Now, just the other day, I was speaking with a guy named Sean Walshef who owns Cali Barbecue out in San Diego. He's also the host of the Digital Hospitality podcast. He's a great guy, very smart. Technology is the whole ball game for him. I'm actually having him on the podcast in just a couple of weeks, so we can talk all about how he's used technology in his business, but a little preview. He was saying that mid-pandemic, they went exclusively to table ordering, and they have not looked back. They've been able to slash their payroll. They've improved their table turn times and are consistently driving more revenue per order than they did with regular waiters pre-pandemic. It is the future. Now, not for every restaurant, but for many restaurants out there, this is the way the profitability you've been looking for and we have everything we need right now to make it happen so to everyone out there who has returned to the old way of doing things i want to ask you a few questions but first a word from another one of our sponsors whether you realize it or not your restaurant is the most powerful marketing tool at your disposal it's where people go to learn who you are where you're located when you're open and of course to see the food you serve so why would you rely on pdf menus and static text to sell your food our culture is visual and people these days want to see what they're getting enter pop menu a website design platform that puts the menu at the heart of everything pop menus dynamic menu technology serves high quality photos and allows guests to like and review dishes they love that will then live on that dish's webpage these features all feed into your restaurant's SEO results to help you rank higher in relevant searches. What's more, Pop Menu's automated marketing tools keep guests engaged long after their purchase to send automated texts and emails to incentivize new orders and to promote new dishes, events, and specials. Pop Menu keeps restaurants top of mind with guests. So if you're a restaurant owner, you need a great website, right? That, that not only looks beautiful but one that also helps drive more traffic and sales. Use Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. Best of all, listeners of this show can lock in one set monthly rate and get $100 off their first month. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim this exclusive offer. Again, that's $100 off your first month by visiting popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. As always, that link is in the show notes. Now, my question's for you. Is this what your patrons wanted or was this simply the path of least resistance? Right, we're talking about menus, QR codes, the process by which they experience your restaurant. Is this what they want or is this simply what you want or is this simply the path of least resistance? Next question, what would it take to implement a different approach? How much would you be able to slash payroll by implementing something like table ordering? And what sort of profit would those savings generate? I want to remind you of one of my favorite Tony Robbins quotes. It says, if you want to take the island, you've got to burn the boats. If you give people a choice, they will always revert to what they know. Sometimes we have to push them out of their comfort zone. But there is a reason we do it, which I've already outlined. But again, if you want to take the island, you've got to burn the boats. If you want to roll it out, but you're nervous about doing it restaurant-wide, Then let me offer you a suggestion why not roll it out in the outdoor patio or just in the bar area or maybe lunchtime is table ordering using the qr codes and for dinner maybe you keep the servers for now this would be a way of introducing people your people to the new system in a more calculated way and let me say this if you currently use qr codes to view the menu in lieu of paper menus You're already more than halfway there. The hardest part is getting people to pull out their phones and view the menu that way. Now all you need them to do is to order on their phones. And remember, most people use the third-party delivery sites, right? Like Grubhub and DoorDash and Uber Eats, right? They use them when they're at home. So they're already familiar with that process. They know how to do it. You're simply asking them to do the same thing here in the restaurant. Now, Pop Menu is one of the sponsors of this episode, and they actually offer an incredible solution for table ordering. Again, those links are all in the show notes, but why not reach out, schedule a demo, and see how they handle it, see how easy their solution is. The key to all of this is to make sure that people still feel supported. You're not going to get rid of everyone on staff. You're simply going to cut down your staff and utilize them in smarter, better ways, Again, there, there's already a staffing shortage. My guess is you're having a hard time finding enough people to staff the floor properly. This is something that helps with that. You're also gonna be able to disperse the tips more equitably, right? We don't talk about this very often, but let's talk about it. If you so choose, you can do it. Let's say you roll out table ordering. You no longer need waiters, not, not waiters in the way that we now think of them. What you need are floor managers or hospitality ambassadors or, or whatever you wanna call them. So bring everyone up to at least the minimum wage, and you'll then be able to share tips between front of house and back of house. This is a way you'll be able to compensate your cooks better, right? And isn't that going to help solve your staffing problems in the kitchen? Again, this isn't right for every restaurant. I know that fine dining will still be about that hand-tailored, personalized experience. That is, in fact, what we pay for when we go out to a nice restaurant but all the casual restaurants out there, and let's be honest, fine dining establishments only make up about 10 to 15% of the total restaurants in this country. So for all the casual restaurants out there, why not explore this option? QR codes, I am promising you, are here to stay and their use will only expand over the next couple of years. In fact, QR codes, using them to to view the menu or to to order your table, I, I think is actually just the beginning of all this. Right, so think about this. Do you have to-go cups or takeout bags? Why not activate them with a QR code? At at the very least, it can take people to the website or the ordering portal for the future, but maybe there's a more creative use. So I was speaking to a friend the other day who suggested putting uh, QR codes uh, in the wine list, right? Why not? He said, "What if you could scan the code and it would show a quick video of the winemaker or photos of the of the wine of the of the vineyard site? Um, right? The winemaker could be talking about the wine or or their approach to winemaking or the vintage. Or what if there were QR codes on the bar coasters? Right? Could you could you approach a liquor sponsor to to activate the bar? Let's say, for example, you run a sports bar. Could you approach uh, Anheuser Busch? What, what if they sponsored the bar for six months?" QR codes could be on every coaster, right? When when patrons scan the barcode, it takes them where? Maybe to a data capture point or to a discount code or to a fun video featuring some some big sports star or, or to a contest, who knows, the sky's the limit. Or, or maybe you'll partner with a, with a local farm or a nonprofit or you get the idea. This goes back to the idea of diversifying your revenue streams, right? Who says sponsorships, can't be an important revenue stream for the restaurant. What if all of your wines by the glass are sponsored spots? So in order to have a, a wine by the glass on this list, you gotta pay $10,000 and that uh, ensures that that wine will stay on the list for six months or three months or a year or a month or whatever the number is, whatever the period of time is. I don't know. And maybe with that, you get a little QR code. So you get a little video that talks about the wine, that talks about the, the process, that talks about the vineyard, that whatever it is. You can activate these areas yourself, right? So I'm doing that with a big client I'm working with now. We're working on opening a restaurant in the fall, and we're doing the exact same thing I'm telling you to do. It's not enough to simply have your logo on the to-go bags. I want you to think about driving action same with the coffee cups drive and action the coasters drive and action drive traffic somewhere get them to do something your logo's cute we don't need to see your logo anymore it's already on the menu it's on the front door it's on the window it's it's everywhere it doesn't also need to be on the coasters doesn't also need to be on the to-go bag or rather it's not the only thing that should be on the to-go bag activate that bag that real estate in some way get creative about ways to utilize qr technology and this goes way beyond simply viewing the menu again what do you want people to do make it frictionless for them to do it now of course all of that brings us to nfc technology right it's the sister technology to qr codes nfc stands for near field communication and now you know the bands you get when you go to Disney World. NFC is the technology that powers those bands. It makes it even easier than a QR code, right? If, you're, if your phone is enabled with the, with the NFC technology, you simply pass your phone over the NFC tag. So no need to open your phone or open the camera app. It's removed even that friction from the transaction. And I, I'm promising you that is really where we're going in the next two years and beyond. So for an amusement park like Disney World, of course, it makes sense, right? Leave your wallet at home. This wristband is your digital wallet, it's your park pass, and it's so much more. At Disney, you simply swipe your band when you wanna purchase something. They have made the transaction frictionless and found a way to not remind you that you're spending money. You can just give over to the park, to the experience, right? You can also pre-order your food in certain parks and then just scan your wristband when you're ready to eat it, right? You scan it there and and they put it up. This means less time in line, which for the operator means you get to spend more time in the parks where you can spend more money. For the consumer, for the the, the, the park goer, it means more time in the parks having fun. And the same with FastPass, right? Same idea, less time in line means more time in the parks, more time spending money. Now tell me, why wouldn't you want this at a nightclub? Make the ordering process seamless. This way you don't have to pull out your card every time you wanna order drinks. Or how about at a theater? Right, tickets are preloaded on the band. You can pre-purchase a glass of wine. You can uh, purchase merchandise using the band. And and what if the Broadway League? Right. So here in New York, what if the Broadway League all banded together? So all 41 theaters all sold these bands to tourists coming into town, and they were all all the tickets were preloaded there, so they could see multiple shows. All of their tickets, their purchases, everything is preloaded on one device. So we'll call that a band. We'll call that a card, a tag, whatever it is. It's NFC technology. Now, what about sporting events? What about casinos? What about cruise ships? Again, there is no end in sight for this technology. And of course, right now, the most widespread use of this technology is with digital business cards. So I use this company called Popple, P-O-P-L. It's a little disc that sticks to the back of my iPhone case. People put their phone next to mine, and it takes them to a landing page where they'll find all of my info. All my info is there, and there's even a little button at the bottom. This is the best part that says create contact or add contact to phone. So now, instead of me hoping that people don't lose my business card, so now instead of me hoping that people don't lose my business card or, or trusting that they'll put my info into their phone manually, now I can have them simply scan my NFC tag and it imports all of my info easily into their phone. Now I'm, I'm working to convert all of my restaurants over to digital business cards. Now think of this, you order six digital cards, no names on them. You give one to the GM, one to the AGM, the executive chef, the pastry chef, let's say the maitre d' and the wine director. And simply create a unique landing page for each of them. And then when they leave, right, when they when they move on to another restaurant, they simply turn over their keys and they turn over that digital business card. Once their replacement is hired, you simply change the details on that landing page. Now, instead of a paper card that will inevitably get thrown away, you will know 100% that your info is in their phone. Link, L I N Q, Vice, V I C E, Popl, P O P L. These are all early movers in this space. They all offer compelling cost-effective ways to create these digital business cards, right? You can you can brand them. You can you can really make them into whatever you need to. We'll talk about this more in the coming months. So I'm trying to line up a couple guests to speak more about this technology specifically, but the idea is to make the transaction process frictionless for the guest. In all of this, I want you to ask, how can we make this better for the guest? How can we make it easier to become a customer, easier to become a customer again, to join us again, easier to spread the word about what we do? Now, your assignment today is easy. I want you to think about everything we've discussed here today, and I want you to pick the easy one, the easiest one you can think of, and implement that. Is that the business card, right? Or the little Popple disc on the back of your iPhone? Is it converting to table ordering in your restaurant? Whatever it is, pick just one and do that. Take steps today to make it a reality. Now, a quick reminder before I let you go that I wrote an ebook. It's like 12 pages long, absolutely free. How to drive 10% more revenue overnight. I share 10 different tips. All of them are very easy to implement, highly actionable. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash revenue to get your copy. That link is in the show notes and again, it is absolutely free. I want to thank you again for joining me today. I hope you got some value out of today's rant. If you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, please reach out to me directly, chip at chipclose.com. That's C-H-I-P-K-L-O-S-E.com. Please stay safe, stay creative, and I will see you next time. restaurant strategy is made possible by the generous support of our sponsors as well as our patreon supporters a special shout out to all of our gold and platinum members ty hames bob and kate carpenter scott middleton chuck and denise close Stephen and ann fagan mario Damatos, and christopher tana if you want to become a supporter please go visit patreon.com restaurant strategy again the link is in the show notes